Hello, everyone. I'm Chris White. And I am Stevens Brown. And we're from Tap Pest Control Insulation. And thanks again for downloading our podcast. We're so glad you took some time to listen to us today. Yeah, thanks for jumping in. We've got a uh, we've got a, a neat topic today, I would call it, and that is the transferable limited lifetime warranty. We get a lot of questions about it, so I think it'd be good. You know, let's take this podcast, kind of go talk about it, and all that good stuff. Exactly. I mean, that, the the transferable limited lifetime warranty is something that I always get asked uh, questions about during trainings. You know, uh, what is it? What does it cover? Uh, what doesn't it cover? How does it work? That yeah. kind of thing. So, now, but before we jump into all that and, and kind of get into those questions, let's talk about one how we would prefer to have them use it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's basically, uh, guys, it's an addict card. Um, and what Chris and I both recommend, you know, when you get done with the job, you know, for one, I'd recommend take some finished photos, just you have that for your records, but take two or three copies of it and fill it out. You know, give one to the homeowner. They're probably going to lose that copy, which is why we recommend taking the other and stapling it right up there in the attic entrance, right? That way, anybody who goes up and out of there, they're going to see it. It's right there. It's not going to go anywhere. It's a good way to save a copy. And that's right. Yeah. you. And that's important because, I mean, that attic card really does have, I mean, if you're using the one that, uh, you know, comes with our, our bag or on our, our website, that's the warranty. It's all right there, you know, and you fill out the bottom half of it. And on the bottom, it it has, uh, you know, it says it's been installed in the home of, and then it's got the address, the homeowner's name and address, and then who it was installed by and um, what was insulated. It, it's pretty simple. I mean, it yep. doesn't take long to do. And um, But that gives us the ability to know that, you know, this is tap. You can't really walk up into an attic, see an insulation and know whose it is. Exactly. And one thing I like to note is sometimes I get homeowners or even sales reps, they, they kind of get a misconception that, that it's something the homeowner has to call in and speak with, you know, me or Chris about to, to get verified or log in the system. It's, it's nothing like that. It's simply, you know, you fill it out their name, their address, the scope of the work, the name of the installer, all that good stuff, the amount, sign and date, um, recognizing that the tap insulation is up there. So it's nothing you guys have to call in and get verified. Right. There's, you know, no registration process or anything like that. It's basically because you have, you know, you're recording where you're putting a pesticide, which is what tap is that, you know, you have record of it being there. Um, If they claim they have it in their home, we can verify through your records that in fact they do have it in their home. So that, that's sort of how, how that works. Now let's, let's look at it, you know, individually. So the um, you know, what is the coverage of it? Uh, first of all, it's transferable. Transferable yep. meaning it goes to any owner of the home. So that's not only the homeowner that uh, purchased the the job, but every homeowner that owns that home after that time. It's co- it's still covered. Yep, yep. Which is a big deal. We're starting to see a lot of that, in, especially today's housing market and all the craziness. You know, home inspectors and value we're seeing that knowing what it is it's uh it's 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 doing some good things right so we have so that goes on to every homer that's the transferability of it and then upon the install that it's going to meet all of the codes the building codes that are in there i could read off all the initials but it would just make you fall asleep <laughs> yep. you know our, our 16 cfr part 1209 yeah okay yeah it covers all of those we make sure that um, you know it meets all of the codes that it's required to 
to be an insulation and to be a pesticide that it meets all those codes. So th then we have, um, you know, we say that it's it's for the lifetime of the war of the product. And that means there's no manufacturing defects. That it's uh, there's not going to deteriorate under normal or proper use, including the pesticide and the fire retardant that's in there. So it, it's not going to basically be defective yep. or go away. Right. Exactly. Of, and I think a lot of people think about that saying, well, if it's paper, it's going to eventually go away. It's going to or rot they, away. Or, or another question we get a lot is, well, do we have to retreat it? So to speak. Right. Right. Well, does it have to be retreated? The answer is no, because it is warranted to be effective for life and it's not going to deteriorate because it's in an attic. Yeah. Um, you know, if, maybe if you had a glass roof, that might be a different story, but I haven't run into that yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's uh, the next bullet point we've got on there, not covered if, right? And we're talking about acts of God misuse, but one of the main things we like to bring up is if it's not installed properly. Right. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Somebody puts it in incorrectly, then yeah, then it's not covered. Um, you know, and, and what would that mean? Right. If it was installed incorrectly. Well, if you installed it around a heat producing appliance. Yep. You know, and it causes it to smolder. Packed um, full of cavities or we, we didn't look at ventilation. There's a lot of different <laughs> neglects that can go on. Right. You say they blew it into a soffit vent. They didn't take care of the, uh, the ventilation and now they've created a problem. And now we're getting mold and mildew in the attic and we're getting moisture issues. Then it's not covered. It's installed improperly. So it's very important to, to make sure that it is installed correctly. Um, obviously, it's also not uh, covered in acts of God. Yes. So flood, fire, hurricane, tornado, you know, uh, violent storms, casualty, all these different things that happen. It's not covered under those. And I think most people understand that if you have a tornado and it rips the roof off and tap is all over the neighborhood, that's not covered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nor if it gets yeah, completely soaked with a hurricane and spun around in a tornado. Yeah, absolutely not. Right. Not going to cover it. But it also includes damage or failure of a wall or ceiling. So if something else happens, say the ceiling wasn't put in properly or I mean, I've seen things, Stevens, where they've put in they've put in uh, drywall along the very ceiling. poorly. Yeah. <laughs> well, with with finished nails. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got any nails? Sure. I got some finished nails. Yeah, let's hang this drywall with finished nails. Well, everyone knows finished nails are basically smooth nails. Asking and, for a disaster. Yeah, the drywall just falls off over time. I mean, it just comes right. There's nothing to hold it. So um, things like that can occur. You know, I've seen that happen. Um, and that's not something that's, you know, the, the problem of the insulation. It's the problem of the uh, the wall or the ceiling that in which it was installed. Yeah. Um, so, so, Chris, let's go to the – so the next question we get as soon as we go over this, they go, well – well, what is covered if, if what, what is the remedy, you know, what do you guys provide if something were to go wrong and, and if the insulation was defective, what would we do? Well, the, on the uh, defective part of it, you know, if it's so deemed that it is, you know, quote unquote defective, uh, we do replace that material. Yep. Um, now, of course we want to make sure um, that in fact it, it is something that's defective because it's, it's also highly unlikely that, 
that's going to happen. I honestly yeah. don't know of any situation in our history yeah. where the insulation was defective. And I say that not because, you know, if we, you know, that we always deem it, it's no, that's not defective. No, it's because we actually test uh, a bag out of every truckload that leaves the plant. Yep. That, that is a policy. It is something that's, that we have in place every, in all of our plants. So, and if, if we do find something is not right, then we quarantine every single bag back to the last test that was deemed correct. Yeah. So, all of our, all of our plants adhere to a strict manufacturing policy and engineering book, you know, specs for the product. And so, you know, the only way that would ever happen is if one of the you know machines or lines basically went haywire, got completely off canter. And like Chris said, you know, we haven't had any of that. Well, and we would have, we'd catch that because we would test the bags going out. And if that failed, then that's something we protect on and we would stop any of those loads from leaving the plant. That's, that's a policy of every plant. You don't let it leave until it's been tested and cleared. So, you know, that's one of those things that we make sure that it's, it's going to be correct when it leaves. And that includes everything that only, you know, the fire testing and all that, but coverage rates and all a bunch of different things that are in there. I think there's something like 54 tests that we, we uh, run it through. Yeah, so. it's a lot. It's pretty comprehensive. But for any reason, if that would to, to happen, we would basically, you know, supply you with insulation to redo that job. Now, wouldn't include any labor or install or anything special, indirect, consequential damage, but you would be supplied with new product to redo that job. Right. Yeah, it's, um, you know, any other also doesn't include any other um consequential damage resulting from the defect so mm-hmm. um you know something and i'm not sure what that might be that could cause you know incidental damage other than you know if the product's no good then we replace it um i'm not sure what else it could affect i mean if a ceiling falls that's not the fault of the insulation um so there's there's i, I really don't know what that would be that always kind of intrigued me there but maybe there's something somebody could think of but yeah um now, as far as anything um, under the warranty, what is the responsibility? Uh, well, it's the responsibility of the owner of, of that property to, uh, to notify us in yep. writing within the 30 days of discovering that it's uh, of a possible nonconformity and, um, and before beginning any uh, permanent repairs or anything they expect to be covered. Yep. Um, yep. So. And so quickly is always better um, to to let us know right away. And and believe me, we'd be all over it. Um, You know, we want to make sure it's right. Um, And again, I mean, it's not like we run into this. Um, I have not run into this yet. Had any issues with this? You know, I have heard about the one, I think, a while ago where somebody had it put in and then complained they had ants in there. Uh, like immediately following the install, but then like a couple of days later, they went up there and they were all dead. Yeah, they were, they were calling in <laughs> claiming that they had dead pests in their insulation. And they were like, what's the problem? <laughs> they yeah. said, oh, that's, right. That's how it works, right? Yeah, so, yeah that was, we still, we still crack up about that one. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, you know, that's kind of the, the warranty on it. Um, if you ever discover anything or have a concern about it, it it's, you know, obviously the let us know. We'll take a look at it. Um, you, we want to make sure that, you know, obviously the install is done correctly. And, it, and it's yeah. vitally important on that. You want to make yeah. sure you're using your, 
your recessed light covers, you're using the, the uh, venting, you're making sure everything's vented properly, but you do all that, there shouldn't be any issue at all. Yeah. And I'd just like to stay for, for any homeowners that may be listening or, you know, obviously the majority are PMPs, clients, but guys, we, we, we keep an open door, transparent policy. If you call in, it's nothing we try to hide or going to keep from you. You know, we'll gladly send you a copy, you know, we'll, we'll help you jump to the necessary hoops. We're, we're glad to look into the situation you know, with you, we, we'd much rather you give us a call and let's tackle it together. Um, and, and we'll just go about it. Exactly. Way. Exactly. Right. If we, yeah, we work together on it, figure it out. Uh, we just want everyone to, you know, be happy and, and get what they paid for. Yep. Absolutely. So very simple, right? I mean, the, the warranty is not, uh, it's not complicated. Um, yeah. pretty straightforward. So we do have a couple of questions this week. Yeah. So we're, um, let's, let's, let me throw these at you, Stevens. I'll, okay. uh, and if you need uh, uh, you need me to jump in, I will. First question here is from uh, from Jay, who lives in Georgia. Okay. And he says um, he has a job at an animal sanctuary and wonders if tap is harmful to dogs, cats, or other pets. No, that's a that's a very good and common question, Jay, and and we get that a lot, both Chris and I do. But no, absolutely, you know, we've got an EPA registered approval and a pesticide for the use around humans and pets. So you should be more than fine. Good to go. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good question. Second one is from uh, Bill who's in South Carolina. Um, and he asks, uh, I'm updating my website and I want to show more tap information to my customers. Do you have anything we can use? Yeah, Bill, very good question. And we, this is something we see, you know, maybe you launch, and you don't quite do a, a bunch of advertising on your website, but then the program grows and grows and grows. And all of a sudden you want to become a, you know, a major headline on your website. Uh, and yes, we work with a lot of companies doing that. Um, in our member site, we offer a lot of logo, heading, different ideas, templates, stuff like that. But then our marketing coordinator, Anna, she's also happy to work with you and, and, and share with you, you know, what we have and what we have available. So absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, Jay and Bill, a uh, couple of couple of good guys there. Thanks for your questions. Um, and a tap gift pack is on its way to you. Uh, anybody else has, you know, please, if you have questions, please send them to us. We love to answer them here um, on the podcast. And if we do, we'll send you a gift pack as well. Yep, absolutely. All right, so moving on, we've got the next portion that we call Herd in the Field. <laughs> And so these are some real life stories, past or present, that we've gathered or heard from folks. And so, Chris, what do we have this week? I know you were noodling on a uh, an interesting tidbit of history. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I've been doing the the dumb joke thing for a while, and uh, I wanted to change it up. People, I know they're getting kind of sick of it, rolling their eyes. <laughs> it's a monumental day. Changing and it. I, up. <laughs> and I don't have a, an actual story to tell you in the field, but I do have. Uh, I did stumble across the history of insulation. Okay. And so I, I actually thought this was pretty interesting for a geek like myself anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the BC years, or as we like to call it, bef before comfort, <laughs> the, um, the Egyptians and the Vikings used to work with anything they could find. And mud was one of the first insulating materials because that's all they really had. Yeah, the um, Egyptians built their homes out of mud bricks, while Vikings put mud and straw in between logs that made up their homes, and it kept the air uh, and the extreme temperatures out. Yeah, 
Interesting. Then we stuff, got no then, doubt. then then more into the ancient times. Um, they started using the, that ugly a word called asbestos. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the Greeks and the Romans actually um, had their own way of insulating homes, and the Romans insulated water pipes with cork, while the Greeks actually discovered um, asbestos. And asbestos means inextinguishable because of the resistance to heat and fire. Uh, they basically were the first engineers who built a double wall system. So, hmm. you know, the interesting thing about that is, you know, how we have now a drywall, then the lumber and then the drywall. Yep. yep. That's kind of what they consider the double wall system that created a cavity inside and it left that empty space, which they, you know, insulated with diff- with that uh, with asbestos or um, different materials like that. Interesting. Um, in the Middle Ages, uh, materials were more scarce. Um, homes in the Middle Ages were very damp, drafty, cold. Um, and while they used tapestries as home decor, they were also used to keep drafts and dampness out. Hmm. Um, they also used animal hides as rugs to keep the floors warm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, that, I'm thinking Braveheart, my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, but that's where a lot of the stuff came from. Like that's some of the reasons we do carpeting these days too, is it came from there and now it's more of a decorative thing, but um, it actually was functional back then. Um, as we got into the uh, industrial revolution, uh, we had the beginning of factories and so forth. And asbestos became very popular at that time. Uh, manufacturing, manufacturing became a big time thing and companies were using steam for their business. Companies needed to find a way to, to keep their work area safe and, and uh, uh, insulated. The steam from the factory usually went through the pipes and got very, very hot. Yeah. So they use as- asbestos to wrap those pipes to make it safer for the workers in, in those areas. Then in the 1930s, we actually, uh, that's when fiberglass came into play. Fiberglass uh, was actually an accidental invention. Uh, The inventor was attempting to create a vacuum seal between two glass blocks when the high pressure air turned the glass into thin glass fibers. And this was made into blankets, which we call bats today. Uh, It was used to make buildings warmer and more efficient. Um, and it really became one of the most common insulations early on in, hmm. in the fifties and sixties, that's where the creation of cellulose came in. Ta-da. Um, <laughs> cellulose insulation was, was a common insulation type, uh, used today, uh, was actually created in the fifties. Um, while it was a top choice because it was made of newspaper, cardboard, straw, sawdust, or cotton, um, was not popular at first due to fire safety. Uh, but like all products, uh, trial and error is so common. And uh, until they could figure out how to make the product more fire safe, yep. um, that's when it started to becoming more of the, of the popular insulation. And that's where we talked about back in the 50s. It really wasn't treated. When the yep. government stepped in and we added borates to it, that's where it became a little better. By the mid-70s, um, the, the harmful effects of asbestos was really brought to light. Um, and, and really discontinued. And then everybody sort of realized that fiberglass and cellulose were really the, the choices to have. Um, now one of the newest installations is foam. And, uh, as everybody knows, I call it the four letter F word. Um, the, uh, but spray foam was actually discovered uh, by the military back in the forties that didn't become popular until about four decades later. It was originally used, um, 
as an exterior insulation on roofs. Hmm. Um, it was later brought inside the home. Um, and the advantage with spray foam is that it expands when it was sprayed um, and had a higher R value in really just the closed cell form, not in the open cell form. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, just my own, um, my own additive here is that uh, the reason I call it a four letter F word too, is that insects still are hard to, de- hard to detect inside foam. Many States uh, require gaps now to act as a viewing space. So they know where termites are crawling through or that yep. kind of thing. In- inspection gaps. Yep. Yeah. And that certainly affects the overall R value effectiveness of, yeah. of putting foam in. So it's, it's one of those is really doing, you know, what you want it to. So we fast forward today and options for a warm home. Uh, while, you know, there's a lot of what we use today was introduced in past years. We found that the newer and better ways to improve our insulation. And there's really like 10 different types of insulation for your home, but there's really three that are most popular fiberglass, cellulose, and spray foam. Um, the newest advancement that everybody's doing now in addition to insulating is actually air sealing and air sealing can, it gives you that uh, extra step um, where areas that the insulation can't cover. Yeah. So definitely the next, that is my, thing. that is my quick little history lesson on insulation. I hope everybody enjoyed. Yeah, it was good, <laughs> man. I, I, it cracks me up when I think about asbestos, how it was like discovered. It was the best thing. We developed it more and then it was like, Oh, it will kill you. <laughs> Better stay away. Yeah. Yeah, well, you never know. A lot of people think about uh, some of the newer things that were that are brought out. I mean, there's some installations that are not yeah. as old. They were only brought out, you know, even when we say a couple of decades ago. Sure. Um, and we don't really know. Are they, is it harmful or isn't it? Yeah. The reason, you know, I'm such a cellulose geek is I know what's in it. It's borate and it's paper. Yep. Exactly. Very simple stuff. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, folks. We need your stories or shoot us some interesting photos, comments, questions, concerns. We'll go over them. Podcast at tapinsulation.com. And uh, without any further ado, I believe I believe that'll wrap us up for this episode. That's right. That's going to do it for now. Uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, be well. And remember, peeps, keep your feet on those joists.